Amos 5.24 declares, But let justice run down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream flowing abundantly. Welcome to our sixth episode in Season 2 of Iona Speaks about Defending Self-Justice, a platform used for us as women to hear how we can walk in our dominion through the power of voice and the strength of awareness. May this podcast bring hope through enlightenment for every listener on their journey to self-justice in Jesus' name. In the first five episodes, we have heard a letter to my younger self. We've discussed excerpts from the poem On Children written by Khalil Gibran. We've discussed the influence on defending self-justice through historical trauma, discussed the power of motherhood, and discussed the honor and value of fatherhood. In this episode, I am fortunate to have as my guest the critically acclaimed author, Professor Emerita of Education at Madai College, educator for over 20 years, thought leader for transformative social justice, mother and daughter, Dr. Virginia A. Batchelor from Buffalo, New York. Welcome, Dr. Batchelor, who is affectionately known as Dr. Gina. How can it be that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? Yet there is so much hate, so much judgment, and so many misunderstandings. I ponder this question when I hear commentators that might have good intentions try to vilify a person's decision in executing their own self-justice. In a previous episode, I spoke about my personal love for gymnastics, a sport of excellence that I find exudes discipline, stamina, strength, mental precision, and physical awareness. An amazing sport that has produced many well-respected and phenomenal athletes that have excelled beyond expectations over the years. Therefore, as I was watching this year's Summer Olympics in Tokyo, team finals for women's gymnastics and witnessed the profound courage exemplified by Simone Biles when she made the executive decision to do what was right for herself and for her team. I was inspired. She defied the sentiment that says a leader must persevere by sacrificing their overall well-being, and she showed courage by making an unpopular decision that would benefit her in the long run. Alfred Bandura, a Canadian-American psychologist, defines self-efficacy as an individual's belief in his or her capacity to execute behaviors necessary to produce specific performance attainments. So Dr. Batchelor, as a woman, an educator, and a mother who teaches about self-efficacy and self-worth, how do you think the decision that Simone Biles made demonstrated her execution of self-justice? Um, before I answer your question, please allow me to give you homage for everything that you do for women and and for all of us who are bearers of our culture. Thank you so much for inviting me into this sacred space to sit at the table for self-justice. I, I think that Miss um, Bio's decision to withdraw from the Olympics was truly a demonstration of self-justice and was executed with so much grace. She honored her teammates again, as you had previously said, 
and in a way, it, well, she honored them in a way in which she she honored herself by uh, this continuing to compete for a gold medal that could not possibly represent the totality of her humanity and who she is as a woman. This, this, in my opinion, is the mark of courage. I think it takes courage to, to choose your authentic self over self-pleasing the masses who praise you on one hand and on the other hand seek to dismember your mind and your physical features. I, I um, Sister, this beautiful young woman of distinction chose to remove the threat of physical, emotional, and spiritual discontinuity, which is which in my opinion is more challenging when you stand on a global stage and are left to rely upon yourself alone. I I just think that um, she deserves a gold medal for the execution of self-justice. Her uh, decision begs the question that Mother Sojourner Truth asked in her time as we still wait for the answer to the very question she asked. Ain't I a woman? I understand the decision of Ms. Miles as a way of speaking up for emotional and physical justice for not only African-American women, but for all women and girls. And I, I thank her. Her skill as a gymnast, I will never achieve. However, I will practice more diligently how I choose to land on my feet because of her. That's good. I loved what you said. I loved uh, many of the things that she said and the fact of actually bringing out Sojourner Truth's Ain't I a Woman, where that poem was so powerful and continues to be read and seen so much throughout our season, where we actually have to hear and sit and wonder of ourselves when people are trying to bully us, when people are trying to put their own narrative upon us and force us to do something that they think is right, should we uh, succumb to that or should we rise above that and do what we feel is right for our own selves? And I love that because it leads me into the next question. In 2015, you published a children's book entitled, Stop Calling Me That. My name is Araminta. And this book talked about the journey of a young girl who is realizing who she is. She's defining herself and she confidently defends herself against bullies, naysayers, people who are trying to treat her badly because they don't really recognize the value of who she is. So what prompted you to want to write a book like that during that time? Um, well, as a racialized woman in America, um, subliminal messages compromised my intellectual and emotional immune system, infecting me with self-doubt. Even our educational system, as well as the black church, was a nesting ground to water and cultivate a self-deprecating spirit. My longings for social justice beckoned the spirit of Mother Harriet Tubman. And as in Psalms 45 and 1, my heart became her pen. She wanted to speak to children or anyone who seeks the approval of others to such an extent that it invites bullying behaviors. 
So to that end, stop calling me that. My name is Araminta, emerged as a mantra to return to home, to that self who is unique and wonderfully made. I wanted children and the inner child in all of us to be self-affirming rather than to seek the applause of an audience that can either accept you or be personally debilitating. That is so great. And it also leads me back to even our first question when we were talking about how Simone Biles executed self-justice for herself. Because you're writing this book and you're talking about bullies and you're talking about people who really don't recognize the value of another person's worth or try to put their own value on someone else. And some, um, I, I was listening to a news uh, story and there was a commentator and people who said, you know, that they were looking at different tweets that were coming up and they were saying, you know, Simone Biles is weak. Her decision to draw back was weak. Yet so many in her profession, so many Olympians stood up and stood with her to say, no, this was not a weak move. This was actually a, a strength move and that move of courage. And so when you look at Araminta in this book, who they called Minta, you said, you know, the nickname, her nickname was Minta. Um, you know, she begins to speak about the definition of her name and the reasoning that she was named uh, that name and that she was going to live up to that name. And I loved how you interwove, you know, Grandma Abigail, who is, you're talking about generational. So you illustrate a story of generational impact where you have a grandmother and a mother that are speaking life into her and about the power of her name and hearing those generational voices come out so strongly. And one of the things that you hear from Simone Biles is that she talks about the construction of her family. We know that her mother is actually her grandmother by birth, but adopted mother who speaks life into her. And so not having that voice and her father, her grandfather, not having those voices with her, even though you could, you know, hear it through digital and online, but not being in the same presence, that's a difference. So what do you see as the important message that is being heard through generational voices? Mm. That's such a good question, and it's a loaded question. But I think the message that's being heard through generational voices is God bless the child who's got her own. Fill your head with knowledge, because an empty head, like empty pockets, will not ever make the grade. Self-reliance is the key to prosperity, and equally important, Surround yourself with people with whom share the same values and never forget God is love. This podcast is always about hearing the different ways that people defend self-justice for themselves, because it's always going to look differently for someone else. But it's going to give them that right, that space to stand up for themselves in that right way of how they believe they need to 
stand up for themselves um, in the midst of whatever challenges, situations, whomever within their families, internally, externally, whatever the situation may be. So when we go back to this book, Stop Calling Me That, My Name is Araminta, how do you feel that this character of this young girl actually defended self-justice for herself? Hmm. Well, Araminta being clothed in courage, confidence, and a caring spirit by her grandmother defended self-justice by defining herself on her own terms. She commanded respect by the name that she was given and the name that honored her. That is Araminta. Very often, I think, children, they take on the names that are called outside their spirit. And if they're not clothed properly, it gets cold out there and those messages seep in. So I think it, I think that uh, Araminta was, um, was prepared and carrying those messages that she learned from her, her grandmother, the spirit of Harriet Tubman, her parents is where it begins. And I think she demonstrated that by, by standing tall and remaining a constant strength for herself. Being clothed in the meaning of your name, being clothed in the voices that are being said to you generationally and making those impacts allow for a person like this young girl to stand up for herself and for the values that have been placed upon her life. So that leads me to ask this next question about what is the message that you would like to resonate in the hearts and minds of girls and boys and for their parents and caregivers on how self-justice can be attained and executed in the midst of hate, misjudgment, and misunderstandings. I think it is so important that one is to know your truth, stand on your truth, walk in your truth, and be the truth you're meant to be. And I think having that truth being spoken each day to to your children and even to yourself, remaining true to yourself, honoring yourself, loving yourself. I love that. Know your truth, stand on your truth, walk in your truth, and be your truth. And how are we able to do that? We do that because we hear those generational voices that are positive, that speak truth to us. And we allow ourselves so that we can see the difference between what a false truth is and what the real truth is. 
And I know that might sound confusing, but sometimes people try to say, this is the truth about you when that's really not the truth about you. So that's a false truth. But the real truth is who you actually were created to be and how you are to sit with that, to walk in that, and to actually be that for yourself. And those generational voices are so important and so vital. This is such a wonderful book, and I encourage all the listeners to go out and purchase Stop Calling Me That. My name is Araminta by Virginia A. Bachelor, Ph.D., and it is well illustrated by James J. Cooper III. Um, I mean, it's packed with so many lessons in the back of the book. You can even, um, you know, you've put in some ways to have some really pointed discussions some critical conversations uh, that can help youth and caregivers when going through this book. So it's so valued and it's just packed with so much knowledge. And this book can be purchased through Amazon um, as well as Barnes and Noble. And the most wonderful thing about this book is that it just doesn't stop here. The story doesn't end. So you know, can I can I say that you're actually having a sequel and you're going to be writing a second book, even though it's not out yet? But can I say that you're actually uh, going to do that because Araminta's story doesn't stop as a child? Well, yes, you can. <laughs> um, in fact, the the book is um, it's it's still in the oven, so I need to edit and illustrate. So it's closer to fruition than um than it was uh, a month ago and so araminta has more adventures and more things that she would like to share with you she has a lot on her mind yes. thank you so much um dr bachelor for agreeing to join me on this episode and lending your powerful voice and perspective on the importance of defending self-justice So as we conclude this episode, I trust that every woman and mother listening be empowered to walk in their dominion as they realize there is value in their life through all of their experiences so that they can become the defenders of self-justice for themselves. Thank you for listening to Iona Speaks about defending self-justice and have a prosperous and powerful week.